This is the Small Business Big Marketing Show with Tim Reid and Luke Moulton. This show is lovingly put together for small business owners by small business owners to get practical ideas about attracting more customers more often. So, if you're serious about building your business, strap in for the ride. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Luke. Lukey, Lukey, Lukey. How are you, Timbo? I'm excellent. How are you? I'm very, very well. And a very big welcome back to all our listeners to welcome to the number one marketing podcast in the country, Small Business Big Marketing. And thank you to Flying Solo, Timbo, Australia's solo and micro business community, flyingsolo.com.au. Now, Lucas. Timbo. Big show. Big show last week. Uh, lots of gold. Yeah. Video marketing, emotional marketing, all that type of stuff. Stuff from Brent Hutchinson. And um, speaking of emotion, in our upcoming Hey Prof segment, mm-hmm. getting rave reviews in the media. Yep. Um, <laughs> The prof talks about emotion. Yes. Hey, what yeah. about that? Just yeah. a nice little Good time. L- nice little follow-up. Segway. Little segue. Um, but before we get into that, uh, we've got a great guest, which we will keep our powder dry for just one second before you share what's on your mind. Oh, Timbo, a little, little bit of a... I don't know if it's a gripe, but... Oh, maybe, here we go. Maybe, maybe, a, maybe a suggestion to some professional service... People. Sounds like a gripe. <laughs> Sounds like a gripe. This comes out of a couple of um, a couple of experiences I've had with professional service people, namely um, den- dental clinic. Oh yeah. And a chiropractor. Yep. Now both of them. Uh, in my you had a bit of work done of recent days, oh. haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm getting old. I work done all over the place. Bit of clickety clack, couple of teeth out. <laughs> Some veneering. No. Um, so uh, first scenario, I I uh, I cancelled one of my dental appointments mm-hmm. after. After seeing those people, you know, going there and spending a few grand mm-hmm. over, you know, over the last twelve months, haven't had a follow up. You know, you're supposed to, you know, have your teeth cleaned regularly. Mm-hmm. Haven't had a follow up. Now, you go go to their offices. They spend a lot on decking the place out. Nice. Um, they've got good SMS reminders usually when when it's coming up for an appointment. But there's been no follow up from a from a salesperson or a person at the desk saying. Hey Luke, you know we, you know, realise you missed your last appointment. Would mm-hmm. you like to book another one in? Mm-hmm. I just think it's it's probably an easy win. I, I would invariably say, oh, you know, you know what? Yeah, I I need someone to get me over the line to go mm. to go and book another appointment with my dentist. Mm. Um, I, I just think there, there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a disconnect. They're, they're great at the start, but they don't follow through with a little bit of sales to to get yeah. people over the line. You know, on that point, uh, a guest, not a guest for this episode, but a guest in a future episode where he's going to share how he got bums on seats 500 bums on seats at an event the follow-through was immaculate mm. his his pre-sale was was very very good but once you'd committed that was only the start there yeah. were texts and emails and you just felt as though you'd committed to something special yeah yeah look and and had a very similar scenario with a chiropractor you know cancelled one appointment after you know going through a series of, of five or six appointments and didn't didn't hear back. Didn't hear the hey, we realised you cancelled your last appointment. Would you yeah, like yeah, to book right. another one in? Yeah. And you know th- these people are sending out newsletters once again. They're using SMS, all yeah. you know, all these fancy, you know, marketing mediums, but mm-hmm. not not doing the basics with a simple sales follow up call to say, yep. hey, we missed you last time. How about you come back? Yeah, converse to that, I've got a financial advisor. Oh, yeah? Where who, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good question. Um, financial advisor who, who regularly follows me up once a year. Yeah. Uh, he looks after a couple of things, including including super, which rightly or wrongly. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, he's... he's uh, 
forward thinking and, and making sure for my age I'm uh, the right risk profile mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. And and, and he's just brilliant. And mm. he's probably probably in a um, even slightly more competitive industry than than your chiropractors and and it- your. And your dentist. And you call these people service professionals. You know, one of the things with services is that it's intangible. It's not like a product, you know. It's like, there it is, see it, feel it, smell it, do all that type of stuff. Uh, the service is intangible. So the, the harder the service professional marketer works at bringing that service to life, the more success they're going to have at attracting and retaining customers. Yeah. And um, it, it is. It's about. It's, it's almost like that marketing magic of making the intangible tangible. And mm. those little follow-ups are important. You've got, you got to think about what it's cost, uh, yeah. the, the, the chiropractor and the dentist. Because I, I might now change and go and see someone else. Mm. And what's what has, in terms of the lifetime value of me as a customer, what has it cost them? It's probably cost them. Well, it's cost me well, a grand. Look at, look at that mouth of teeth, mate. The way you're sitting, it's cost a fortune. <laughs> <You're> correct. <laughs> no, I'd get them on the phone. Imagine we should call them. We should just give them a buzz now and say, "Hey, you know, you know what we just said about you." Uh, no, that's a fair call, Lukey, and it wasn't a gripe. I think it's a good bit of um, advice to um, to take yeah, up. Yeah, sometimes, if you were a sometimes there's just some simple things that, that people don't do that that could be costing them a lot of money. Marketing's like that. Sometimes people give up on marketing um, that they think isn't working, and sometimes it just requires a little tweak, mm. a little uh, a deletion of something replaced by something else, not a complete like, oh, that was hopeless, I'm not going to do it. It's a waste of time. So nice advice. Now, Lukey, uh, listener question. Fantastic. Bobby at Simply Green. Simply Green. Bobby's a long-time listener, first-time caller. Did you know that? <laughs> no. Yeah, he is. Bobby uh, Bobby came to uh, one of my – I think he might have come to my first small business marketing intensive yeah. many years ago. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, but Bobby asks, I run a B2B. That would be business-to-business service business. Not and B&B. No, no, no. It could, no, it is B2B. He's, yeah. all, he's a bit of an environmentalist, Bobby. Yeah. Um, uh, he sells, I think he sells finance, like green-based finance. He's going to correct me for sure when he hears this, but uh, not important at this point because what his question is is about B2B service business and would like to directly market to my target audience. Let's say that I've identified my target audience as human resources managers at SMEs with 50 to 300 employees based in Victoria. So mm-hmm. it's pretty specific. Yep. You know, small businesses, HR managers, 50 to 300 employees. I think he does leasing. Based based in Victoria. Yeah, yeah. Based in Victoria, Australia. What's the best way to identify who these people and organisations are? Nice question, Bobby. Good good question. First one, I'd say sponsor small business, big marketing. (laughs) Yeah. Big listener base there. Yeah. And we are working hard, Lukey. Yeah. We did mention pre-Christmas that uh, we're working on attracting a sponsor. I'm sure there's a lot of HR managers, though, Tim, listening to us. Well, you don't know. You, we don't know. Would-be marketers. Yeah, maybe. Um, I've got an answer. Go. Buy a database. You can, mm. you can buy a, um, a direct mail, essentially, database um, or business database, Australian business database. Uh, I think it's been a while since... Um, I've bought one, Timbo, mm-hmm. uh, or been involved in the purchase of one. Um, but off the top of my head, I think they may be in the range of about $1,500. Right. 
and that will buy I you. always think these things are going to be dirty. You're going to get a lot of wastage, they haven't been cleaned, but not the case. I, I suppose you get what you pay for, but in many cases there are, you know, there's, there are businesses that sell databases uh, and, and they sell them for direct mail purposes and look, they, they update them annually and they get people repurchasing, so it's in their best interest to, to, to make them reasonable quality. Mm-hmm. Um, so in doing that, you can actually, you can actually target people based on um, individuals, based on their role within the business uh, and within the size of the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be one avenue. And then obviously... Within so what do you do with it? Within that database, you've got a number of options. Um, you obviously get, you get postal address, phone number. Uh, I think in most cases you get email address. So there's a couple of things, and obviously the name of the contact. Mm-hmm. A couple of things that you can do with that. You can go and stalk them on LinkedIn, Timbo. Probably not the right verb. <laughs> no, but no you, can, <laughs> you can look them up on, on LinkedIn and yep. connect to them in that way. Yep. Um, you can email them, but I'd be careful uh, in regards to spam mm-hmm. laws around that. We well, just want to make sure that the people on that list have actually agreed to go onto the list and accept um, unrelated email. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Um, you can then uh, obviously send them a direct mail campaign, Timbo. Yes. Uh, and, and you can call them. And yep. I, I'd suggest do as many of those as you can. Yep. Um, Pro- maybe even carve it up into, you know, 25%, 25%, split test it. Yeah. So see what see where you're getting the most traction. Yep. In fact, take, you know, how many on that list? Say there is a 1,000 on that list, take the first 100 and do what you did 25, 25, 25, 25 with different communication strategies, yeah. um, one of which would be to sponsor small business, big marketing. <laughs> but um, I like that, Lukey. And um, so you talked about LinkedIn. Um I, th- I think I think they're the good ideas. The, the, the other way I was going to suggest was going to expos because there are expos that are state-based where a lot of those size businesses hang out. I know Small Business Victoria had one that I spoke at last year, um, right right down that alley. Um, but I think they're the ideas that are going to help Bobby the most. So we will leave it there, Lucas. Yep, good stuff, Timbo. And we are going to get stuck into another episode of Hey Prof, because I can hear that bell ringing, and he is going to talk to us about emotion in marketing and whether, (laughs) is it important? Hey, Prof! Well, in a nutshell, it's almost impossible to overstate the importance of emotion. And the flip side of that is I would argue that marketing practitioners and scholars have been guilty of underestimating the importance of emotion in consumer decision-making. In fact, I would go so far as to say that until very recently, marketing textbooks have paid lip service to emotion. If you pick up the average 500-page marketing textbook and look in the index, you'd be lucky to find two pages solely dedicated to discussion of emotion. So if anything, we have understated the importance of emotion in human decision-making. In fact, our current scholarly worldview of emotion can be traced back to the 16th century and the philosopher René Descartes. His famous quote, cognito ergo sum, I think therefore I am, with hindsight should probably have been, I feel therefore I am. Antonio Damasio, the brilliant behavioral neurologist from the University of Southern California, wrote a seminal book in 1994 called Descartes' Error, Emotion, Reason in the Human Brain. And in this landmark publication, Damasio uses neuroscience to explain how humans make decisions. And he effectively 
puts forward an entirely different paradigm to the one that we had previously subscribed to. And he argues that all human decision-making is firstly emotional. There's no other alternative. Our initial reaction to any stimulus is firstly emotional. Only after we have processed a stimulus emotionally do we then rationalize it after the fact. In other words, we come up with post-rationalizations to justify the decision that we've made. So, in a nutshell, as I've said at the beginning of this recording, marketers and consumer behavior theorists have underestimated the importance of emotion in human decision-making. We need to properly acknowledge the importance and the influence of emotion in consumer behavior and in marketing. Thanks, Prof. As usual, Timbo, some wonderful highbrow insights from the professor. You know what? Uh, Without rattling on about it too much, um, because I get accused of rattling on a little bit, Lucas. (laughs) (laughs) But... um, what ties a lot of our guests together is the fact that they've all mastered the art of creating emotion in their marketing. Yes. Uh, cannot be underestimated. Um, I reckon more to come on that. It's a very interesting topic, and um, I know every time I ran, in fact, only last week I ran a brand, I ran a, run these branding workshops, and boy, oh boy, you know, that's all about identifying where does the emotion live within your business. And it always, at the end, has such a great effect on those who have done the workshop. So interesting stuff, mate. Now, it's time for our guest. It is. And it's an overseas guest. It is. And his name would be Steve Cunningham. And what he's put together is a wonderful little business called Read It For Me, which is the world's best business book summaries and personal development guides. He summarised them into 12 to 15-minute videos. Yep. You get the PDF, you get a workbook of each, you get some author uh, interviews occasionally. Yep. I mean, this is good. Every single small business big marketing listener, Lukey, including us, should have this service. It is, it is red hot. And yeah. um, As you know, Tim, I'm a fairly, uh, given, given my commute, I'm a fairly voracious listener to uh, business audio books in particular. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of like this, like this service, not necessarily from the point of view of it, it lets me... Um, consume more books in a short amount of time, but I think it actually gives me an excellent introduction to see if I want to go and invest, you know, quite often, four four to eight hours in listening to an audio book. So there's some fantastic, um, you know, 12 to 15 minute summaries that, uh, that, that, you know, let you see if it's going to be worthwhile investing your time and uh, and getting some of the bigger tidbits out of the uh, business, not just business books, there's some other books in there too. I think there's... um, He's working on some self-help books as well. So uh, we talked to Steve about um, how he's gone from uh, the idea of this business uh, into making it through to nailing it, through to nailing it, absolutely nailing it. And, and he and he shares with us how it's it's actually let him uh, let him um, be a little uh, more choosy. He's got another side of his business. He, do, he is a digital. Uh, he's picky about his clients. He's a digital. <laughs> he has a digital agency as well, and now he's he's uh, this has given him the opportunity to be a bit more picky with uh, the people that he works with. Over to Steve. Steve Cunningham, welcome to Small Business Big Marketing, the founder of Read It For Me. Thanks for having me, guys. My pleasure to be here. Mate, where, where actually are you? 
I am in uh, a beautiful town just outside of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Oh, nice. nice. Cold? A bit chilly there. It has been pretty warm this winter, actually, so it's a little bit crazy. There's no snow on the ground in the middle of January, which is uh, not the way it usually is around here, but it's been uh, it's probably a lot colder than when you guys are. That's climate change for you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hey, Steve, tell us, um, uh, tell us the story of how Read It For Me came to be. Sure. So there's a little bit of background um, in the, the lead up to the story. But essentially, a few years ago, we were a digital marketing agency. And we still do some digital marketing agency work today. And we were trying to figure out a way to talk to clients about social media and to get them to write us a check. And everybody was really excited about Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and how people were going to use social media to grow their business, but nobody seemed to want to write us a check. So that's a problem when you're running a business. Massive problem. And massive problem. So what we <laughs> problem, decided, problem one. Yeah. So we knew we had to get over that hurdle. And there was not a lot of great case studies out at the time that we could point to to show them that they, uh, they could use social media to grow their business. So what we decided to do was that we would just go out and do it ourselves, and then we'd have a case study. We could show them how all the pieces fit together, and that's how it would work. So I had been around a lot of presidents and a lot of CEOs just from doing some networking. And you may have this experience as well where you walk into their office and you'll see a bookshelf, and it's got you know five or ten business or personal development books on it. And I would always invariably ask them, you know, what did you think about this book or that book? Because I was a a fairly voracious reader and still am. And they'd usually stare at me blankly and say, I haven't read it. I intended to read it, uh, but life gets in the way and I just don't have the time about soccer Ah, practice. Like like many of us, they've uh, they've ordered the the wonderful box of books from Amazon, but they've stayed on the bookshelf. Exactly. And even worse sometimes, they, they're decoration. They buy them for decoration so they look smart. But anyways. Well, hang so on. What's, what's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Absolutely okay, nothing. Just checking. <laughs> I, I, so, I wouldn't do it, Steve. Luke, Luke's, you know, he does it. He's got bookshelves everywhere all through his home. And uh, even in his car, he's got a bookshelf in case he has a client in there. He's a, yeah, you're both smart men, so I know you, you wouldn't do this, right? I know you guys wouldn't do it, Correct. but other people do. And so okay. we, we took a look at you know, what, what could we create that would really drive you know, a lot of people sharing it and getting into the hands of the people that we wanted to talk to so that they would call us instead of us having to call them. So we knew that there were other, uh, there were other services out there that had summarized books, and we, you know, we had subscribed to them ourselves, and we thought – you know, we could probably do this better. We can do this more engaging. Uh, and so we decided to create business book summaries by video. And mm-hmm. we did them in, you know, 12 to 15 minute uh, videos that, you know, you guys have seen. And, you know, we sent it out as an experiment to 10 people. And those 10 people passed it on to 20, passed it on to 50, to 100, to thousands. And you know, grew, grew as we had expected it to. And now we're in the inbox of, you know, hundreds of thousands of people weekly today. So it, it grew it grew pretty pretty good. And after a couple of weeks uh, of this happening, we started to get calls from venture capitalists. And at that time I didn't even know what a venture capitalist was and had no idea why they were calling me, but they were asking about our business model. And 
I smartly told them we had no business model. And <laughs> that this you hadn't so read any of the books that you'd summarized, clearly. Uh, clearly. I didn't read any <laughs> anything about startup and uh, Silicon Valley and all that good stuff. Yep. So, um, you know, after a few of those kind of calls, uh, we wised up to the fact that there might be a business here. Um, and then, as uh, as you guys know, a few months ago, we launched the business formally. And you know, we're now marketing it and promoting it around the world. So we went from an idea that we thought would grow our digital marketing business to a business on its own. And uh, you know, we're really pleased with how it's going and uh, how it's being received today. So that's the the backstory of how Reader for Me came. This, to be. This is just so I understand, Steve. So what you were doing was in the initial stages, you were you were identifying books that you and your colleagues were enjoying reading and benefiting from, and then just going as as a bit of a client a, a show of client appreciation, you would do twelve to fifteen minute video summaries of those books and just hand it out to them. Correct. Well, it was more. It was more like we wanted it to reach the people that we weren't reaching then so we did we did send it to those people in the hopes that they would send it off to their friends who were vps of marketing and ceos of different other companies and they would pass it around and that that would lead them back to our website and you know you do the whole call to action thing and we had something called the digital health check uh that we did at the time so it was really just a way to draw people back to our website hey, what's a di- so what's that- a digital health check was an offer that you had right yeah, it was it was an offer okay. that we would we would take people through and do an audit of their digital marketing process and their digital So that was your call to action on the summaries on these summaries that you were sending out. Exactly. So can you can you tell us Steve, a little bit about let, let's let's say let's go back to the first one that you did. Tell us about the process of, of summarizing the book, um, doing the videos, doing the voiceover for it. Just give us a little bit of um, a little bit of a picture about, about how how you went about creating what is essentially a product. Sure. So it was, uh, you know, it was my brainchild at the time. Um, nobody else wanted anything to do with it in our company. <laughs> so I basically did the entire thing myself. So I, I believe the first one we did was Winning by Jack Welsh, um, which was, uh, you know, a book I had just read around the time. And I knew that that was one that other CEOs and uh, executives wanted to read. So I, <clears throat> we, took the, we took the book. Uh, I boiled it down to the essence of what I thought were the most important principles in the book, wrote out a script, um, then I recorded it. You know, we were, I was using the, the tools that were on my Mac, uh, you know, like GarageBand I used to record. We used Keynote to build the slides. And essentially through some voodoo magic of combining all of those things together, we, uh, we, produced, the, we produced the video. And it was surprisingly difficult to get the video to output the way we wanted it to. Um, but through some trial and error, we got it done, and that was you know how we ran the first one. Today, I've got a team working with me on it, um, and they do a much much better job on it than I do. Um, so I'm just doing the summary and the the voiceover today. But um, when we first started doing it, it was it was all me, and thank goodness I'm not. It's not all me today. So tell us about that, that, that first one that you produced. How did you then um, get traction with it? How did you get it out? And Was it first of all sending it out to clients or social media or a combination of, of the above? Yeah, it was mostly uh, we, you know, we purposely did an experiment where we only sent it out to a select number of people uh, because we, wanted, we knew that you know, the keystone of any marketing strategy, and I think this is still true today, that you need to create something that will spread on its own. You know, if you're a small business owner and, you know, a lot of your audiences um, are small business owners, 
you don't have enough time in the day to be pounding away at Twitter and Facebook and creating connections. You need, you need to be out there doing your business and making money. So we knew that if we were to do something that worked for us, it would need to be something that would spread on its own. So that's really what we did is we sent it out to 10 people. Uh, didn't really do much in the, in the social media realm, uh, but kind of let it spread on its own. And that made it into... Uh, you know, some people tweeted about it. Some people passed it on to their friends via email. We ended up in some other newsletters that got us a lot of traction. So it was really just the that first little seed of here's how. Uh, that's kind of how we got the word out about it originally, and it just grew from there. So, so then, how how did it come to be in the hands of uh, venture capitalists? I honestly don't know. I don't know to, to this day. Uh, I didn't even write their name down, so I don't even know who they were. Oh, so uh, did you actually take up an offer of venture capital or you just kept on saying, no, we just keep it in-house? Yeah, we just said, you know, we, we told them yeah. we didn't have a business model, so I think that probably yeah. killed most of the yeah. interest. You said, you said, A, I don't know what you are, B, we don't have what you think we have, and C, um, we'll, good, <laughs> we'll keep doing what we're doing. Exactly. You know, the whole, yeah, the whole cool. thing was I'm doing this to build our digital marketing business, and uh, they probably thought I was an idiot and decided to, to cross me up the list and told everybody in Silicon Valley never to call this guy again. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Hey, um, Steve, um, actually summarizing books, do you need to seek permission from the, from the author? What we do is we work with the authors um, for the most part, and you know it's it's one of the questions we usually get, and we get more submissions from authors and publishers than we can ever hope to fulfill. So what we do with the authors, and I think this is an important point if you're you're creating something like this, is to provide some value. Uh, to people who can work with you. So, for instance, for the authors, we offer them a platform uh, that we've been building, uh, but now, like I said, reaches uh, hundreds of thousands of people. So it's something where now we're attracting the authors to us as opposed to having to go out and say, can, we, can you work with us uh, on this? And so we'll do other things, like we'll do, the, we'll do interviews with the authors. We'll, we have run webinars in the past, and you know, the authors right really, lo- really love it. What stops the author? I can clearly see the value in the uh, from the author's point of view, but some of these authors may not necessarily be um, have a commercial mind about them, and they would think that, well, boy, by someone getting um, by someone getting a twelve to fifteen minute video summary of my book, they're never going to buy my book. So the smart ones realize that what that twelve to fifteen minutes is is an introduction into the ideas into their book. So you know, we tell this to people all the time. If you really want to take a deep dive on the subject, twelve to fifteen minutes isn't really going to cut it for you. It's going to give you ideas that you can immediately apply to your business. Uh, but what it when people so we get this more than we get um, thanks for doing this because I don't have time to read. We get thank you so much for introducing us to this author and to this idea. I'm immediately going out to buy the book. So what people end up doing when they get when they see that there's so many great ideas out there that they can apply to their business and to their lives, they end up actually buying more books when they're a mm. part of our service than when they're not. And whether those books go up on shelves and stay there uh, forever, like uh, a lot of them seem to do, who knows? But all I know is that we have uh, a lot of people commenting that that's exactly what they do. So have you got an add-on uh, for people who then are, who've listened to a summary? At the end of that summary, is there a button they can push that takes them to Amazon that you click the ticket on, or do you leave it for um, subscribers to go and find the book themselves? 
we've actually got that on our our product pipeline. It's not a huge deal, but it's something that we got to go through every episode and add into. But certainly, a lot of people have asked us or suggested to us, you know, if that's um, if I want the video or if I want the book, it would be great to just click on that page. So, uh, and obviously, the authors uh, like that as well. So we're gonna that's a feature we're gonna be adding very quickly into Readerforming. So, Steve, you start off with essentially um, something that, that went viral. What are you doing now to proactively market um, the product? Today, what we're trying to do is to build a platform. So, we're connecting a lot of different uh, a lot of different people together. So, we have, for instance, we have the authors as one of the stakeholders. And I think, as you probably know, most authors are not in the book business to sell books. They I mean they they do. But really what they're trying to do is to build, uh, build a reputation and get their ideas to a broader audience so that they can sell something else, which is usually consulting or sometimes it's some other program uh, that they have. You know, a lot of authors today are building programs online, um, online programs around whatever their content yeah, happens to be. I think Amy is probably a good example. Yeah, yeah, the whole training kind of business off the back of a book. Exactly. So that's one one element of what we're doing. Another element uh, are we're dealing with a lot of uh, HR folks in large companies who tend to uh, one make the decisions around what kind of training gets into their organizations, or and number two tend to hire speakers, which tend to often be the same people who are publishing these books. So that's another stakeholder group that we have. Uh, another one are associations, and we're building up a lot of partnerships with associations where we're getting content into the hands of their members uh, in return for them helping us promote Rita for me. So what we have are these, this kind of, uh, and there's a few other stakeholders as well, but this platform of people who want to be connected with one another. And what we do is just enable those people to share the message for us. Um, so that's really how we're trying to grow is through other people and affiliates, of course, but really enabling other people to spread the message of what we're up to. Going to get you to talk about that whole affiliate pr- approach because I'm sure that's that's been a large part of how you've sold um, people into the into the platform. But um, just just to give us an idea of the scope of your product at the moment, Steve, ha- how many business books have you currently summarised? I think there's about 85 or so uh, mm-hmm. in the platform right now, and we're growing at about uh, one a week. We're about to go into two a week uh, as a as a platform, but um, you know, there's certainly a, a ton of content in there. And, and how, uh, how do you choose which ones? Uh, there's, there's a lot more than 85 business books out there. How, how have you chosen? Have you just gone to the New York Times bestsellers or Amazon bestselling list? Yeah, sometimes we'll do that. So it's kind of when it started off, it was a mix of you know the things that I was really interested in, and I took the the view that you know if, if I as, as a small business owner am interested in this and I'm applying it to my business, then a lot of other people are just like me, and so they'll like those books as well. Uh, now, because we have uh, a lot of users and uh, people in the in the platform, we're getting a lot of suggestions as well. Uh, and then there's some uh, books that are coming in from authors and publishers. And then also, of course, you know, we are keeping track of what are, the, what are the big books right now that people are really keen on learning from. So it's kind of a mix of everything, uh, but more and more we're shifting towards doing the, the books that the community is asking for. What's the top three most popular that you've done so far? I think uh, that's a good question. I don't have the answer off the top of my head. I think um, one that we did with uh, Guy Kawasaki, 
ended up being really popular. Mm-hmm. Um, Good to Great uh, is really popular. We get a lot of um, a lot of people wanting to read that, and even though that book has sold, you know, millions upon millions. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, typically, any book, and this is just lately, uh, any book around social media and how to apply that to your business because it's such a, a hot topic. So those uh, good, those two books plus that category, I would say, are the top three. You, you give away um, if if listeners sign up, you get Steve, you get the summary of Steve Jobs's um, biography. Is that right? Yeah. So you know, what part of what we do is we give people a free trial. So we we know that the best way to get people into our platform is to have them actually just try it. And so we'll give a free seven-day trial. Uh, and part of that trial, you get access right away immediately to a biography of uh, a summary of Steve Jobs' biography. And obviously that's a very um, germane topic at the moment, and everybody's analyzing the legacy he's leaving for Apple. So that's part of what they get through the trial. And there's a couple of other bonuses along the way as well. So you have a nice little sales funnel happening there. There's some uh, yeah, there's some, some great books there. Some of my favourites: rework, making ideas happen. Um, yeah, some some fantastic ones. Getting things done. There's uh, definitely some uh, some awesome books there. L- Lukey's my book referral service, Steve. <laughs> uh, pretty much, uh, you know, I you'll ring me and say you've got to read this or that, and so from now on, I'm just going to say. Tell it to the hand, Lukey. I've got the summary. <laughs> I've already read. I already know the key points. <laughs> so when people Perfect. go in, Steve, um, they can um, they basically have access to the entire bookshelf. Absolutely. So when you're when you're in your trial, uh, you get access to our full library of content. Oh wow! Even during the trial. Absolutely. Okay. So therefore, what what uh, what stops the uh, unscrupulous person from downloading all eighty five summaries and saying "see you later"? Or have I missed a point there, Luke? You look at me quizzically. <laughs> well, not too much, but uh, <laughs> you know the uh, the PDF file. So the, there's a video, a PDF of the uh, a, you know a well designed PDF of the summary, and a workbook, and then something we call an idea code. And um, there's not much preventing people from downloading the, the summaries, uh, the PDFs at least, uh, but they're quite, quite large files. So someone would have to be really keen in order to do that. And that's, you know, what we take the view that you know, we're not going to punish the rest of the community if there's a few people who want to come in and just leech off it. So um, it would take a lot of effort, uh, and they can't get down, download the videos that way. So it's, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're happy just to let... Let that happen if one or two people are going to do it and let the rest of the community have a good experience. So, so how have you gone about um, – uh, you touched on affiliates. Uh, we, we interviewed a, um, a super affiliate a few episodes ago, a guy called Andy G. So our listeners, um, whilst a small business marketers, Steve, they are also um, – they understand that whole concept of getting other people to sell your business on your behalf. Um, is, is affiliate sales a big part of your marketing strategy? Absolutely. You know, we, we know, you know, when you take a look at the people we're trying to get to is, you know, it's a pretty broad audience anywhere in the world. Um, and we're actually going to be jumping into the personal development realm this year as well. So, you know, the, the target audience for us is really anybody. And that's kind of a tough thing. To, <laughs> it is tough. <laughs> it's a tough thing to go after. So we really, you know, we know that there are other people already connected with everybody on the planet. And we, you know, we want to make, uh, create a, a long-term business partnership with those people so that we're constantly connecting with the, the people who are engaged with the content and you know, hopefully helping some other people uh, make a second income or a little kicking around money, whatever it happens to be for them, 
in order to get to those people. So affiliates are a huge part of what we're doing. And, you know, we've met so many great, great people uh, and great business people through this. And we're just so happy to work with them. Yeah, it's interesting. We actually heard about um, about your service through a mate of ours, Pete Williams, um, and uh, I, I guess it's you know it, it's really interesting. I think that that referral referral marketing, whether it be through affiliate or, or word of mouth, is uh, is a really powerful thing. Absolutely, we can't we can't speak highly enough about it. And actually, we were just talking to Pete yesterday, so it's a. It's a small oh, world. Small Steve, world. Yeah, it is. Absolutely, it is. Uh, and getting smaller. Um, Steve, what else do you do, mate? Do you do, um, do, you do some pay-per-click advertising? Do you do any above-the-line marketing? How else do you attract? Um, right now, the, the affiliate marketing, uh, the associations uh, that we're working with, and just our own organic growth are our main drivers. We're, uh, we've dabbled a little bit in PPC, uh, but to be honest, we just um, haven't had enough time to really dive into it um, and spend the time that we need in order to get it right. So it's certainly something that we're going to be doing uh, in the coming months. Uh, but right now we're nailing down the you know the rest of our platform um, and moving on to that when we're sure that we've got the rest of it nailed. So uh, it's certainly it's certainly an avenue that we know is important, um, and we're certainly going to go down that path uh, shortly. What's it done to the rest of your business? So you had a digital marketing agency, which has now gone off and hit a sweet spot um, with Read It For Me. So what have you done with the rest of the business? Is it sort of on hold or is this is, is Read It For Me still, well, it's not a hobby anymore, but uh, yeah, so tell me about that. Well, the, the digital marketing business certainly isn't on hold, but it certainly allows us to be a little bit more choosy about who we work with and you know we're not out there actively looking for new clients if we find a new client that seems to be a great fit for what we're up to and um frankly uh, pay us what we want to get paid then then we take them on and it, it's really a good situation that allows us to work with uh people who are a great fit for us uh while we're while we're growing read it for me and so um that's kind of the the approach we're taking is we still like to do that work uh, but only when it's a right fit. You know, one, having a book is a great calling card, um, but having um, having a product like you've developed with Read It For Me for a digital marketing business, as you say, I mean, you uh, you can become a little bit choosy about who you choose to work with and, and what you charge because you, you're walking the talk. Absolutely, and it allows us, you know, the if somebody becomes a subscriber of Read It For Me, um, they are. They've already been sold on what we do, and uh, mm-hmm. so it's a it, the the conversation is a lot easier with those people than it is with somebody who's never heard of us. So they've already been through, you know, our sales funnel. They've already been through our our autoresponder series, and they see how we're marketing to them, and it just makes sense. And so that that certainly grows the pool of people we're able to talk to about digital marketing. Yeah, brilliant, mate. And uh, where do you see it going? And say. Uh I'm not going to say two years because that is far too long in the world of digital, but uh, where do you see Reddit for me being in 12 months' time? Well, you know, we just would love to continue to grow on the path that we're growing right now. We don't uh, have any audacious goals for ourselves other than to to come to work every day and continue to grow what we're doing. And, you know, certainly we we see ourselves uh, just working with with more people and uh, meeting some other other great people around the world. And, um, you know, it's not a... 
that's not a great answer when you're looking for that big grandiose, uh, <laughs> that grandiose thing. But I think, you know, uh, we've got a great business here and we're looking forward to growing it and um, just enjoying and really loving what we do. Love you, Wubat. One, one last question. Have you got, um, you know, what, what kind of media coverage have you got and what have you done with it? Well, it's really interesting because we've, we've got some, uh, you know, we, we've done some stuff with, for instance, with Mashable, uh, who you guys may nice. be familiar with. We've, yeah. um, I'm also a, a marketing columnist for the Financial Post here in Canada, which is our lar- the largest national newspaper for, uh, for the business crowd. And uh, I've really found in that in some other, you may have heard this from some other people as well, uh, the, the best results we get are from people we've never heard of, uh, from blogs, uh, from yep. people with email lists. And it's been really it's a huge wake-up call because, you know, we, you, you get a lot of pitches from people saying, you know, we can get you in the media, uh, we can get you, uh, you know, in different newspapers and magazines. But by far the biggest thing that we've had success with is other people promoting on our behalf. So well, you know, funny you should say that. We're about to, uh, once we uh, farewell you, Steve, we're going to share with our listeners um, how they can get access to uh, your service and uh, we're going to throw in a couple of bonuses for them as well. And I reckon that uh, we might be, well be one of those people because um, I think our listeners will really appreciate uh, what it is you guys have got to offer. Well, thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate it and uh, thanks so much for having me on. Brilliant, mate. Go and um, clear the snow from that door. <laughs> We're about to go for a swim. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. I, I appreciate the kind words there. Enjoy, your, you. sw- enjoy your swim. You Thank bet. You. Thanks, Thanks Steve. Steve. Okay, cheers. So, Lukey, I've got this theory that many business books are longer than they need to be, mm-hmm. right? So, one of my favourite marketing books if is... If you wrote a business book, it would be longer than what it would be. So like Seth Godin wrote Permission Marketing, yeah. right? It's a great book. The concept of permission marketing is this give to get, right? Yeah. So in return for an email address, for example, give something of high perceived value at a low cost to you, the business. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Now it's essentially the theory of reciprocity. <laughs> yeah, reciprocity. that's right. That's right. Um, and but you know you wouldn't be in the New York bestseller uh, with one paragraph on an A4 page. No. So you got to write the whole book and you got to give examples and do all that type of stuff. But um, what I love about this, and I really do believe what I said up front, is that every one of our listeners, if you are a small business owner, you need to be reading more. You can never stop learning, and you should. Should subscribe to to this this product of Steve's because it's fantastic. Now we are going to make it easy for our listeners to do that, Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, under Steve with Steve's permission. Yes. If people go to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash read it for me, okay, um, they can sign up to the service and also receive a couple of bonuses from you and I uh, for doing so because we will in the spirit of affiliate sales receive a little payment Mm -hmm. and that helps us do the show. Yep. Keep keep food on the table. Keep keep food on the table, (laughs) particularly for your extra mouth that you've now got, little Aussie. 
you haven't got an extra mouth, but you've got an extra one in the household. <laughs> um, they'll get a free copy of my book, Ching, 250 Pages of Marketing Gold, and a free copy of your instructional manual, which is how to build an email list yeah. simply and easily. And all they need to do is send us a, uh, the PayPal receipt um, via email. And all those instructions will be on the link, which is smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash um, read it for me. And you know what they're also going to get? They'll also get the uh, digest, the um, first version of the first summary. The summary. They'll get a summary of the summary, Steve, Steve Jobs, Jobs book, book yeah. biography, which um, I'm reading that at the moment. As I said a couple and of episodes it's, ago, it's a big book too. <laughs> it's a big it's book. Not many, not many pictures in there. Uh, no, but um, so they get a they get a summary of the Steve Jobs biography. So, Lukey, fantastic. Love it. Love hearing a business like that. What a success story. Yeah. Next week, small business, big marketing. We are going to have Glenn Carlson, who managed to get 500 bums on uh, seats at an event that I attended recently and he did it in a very short amount of time. Very, very interesting how he went Looking about it. Looking forward to hearing about yeah, that one too, Absolutely. Right? So until then, Lucas. Thanks for listening. Do you know what? Can I just remind people, getting lots of good feedback. Yep. We, get, we get lovely feedback, Lucas. Oh, you read iTunes recently? I have. Um, we, site point. Site point. I always get it wrong. Site boost. Yes. Our little $49 product that for two hours of video we've created that identifies the characteristics of a high-performing website. 49 bucks, and um, it is gold. Getting lots of good feedback on that, and that's smallbusinessbigmarketing.com yeah, forward slash. Good. If your website's struggling a bit, it's a good one to, uh, to go and have a look at. Yeah, so forward slash site boost. Uh, that's enough. Enough selling. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Lovely. See you guys. You've just come that little bit closer to getting your business booming thanks to the Small Business Big Marketing Show with Tim Reed and Luke Moulton. Please keep in mind that the information, opinions and ideas expressed in this show are those of the hosts and interviewees and theirs alone, and they don't necessarily reflect those of their past, current or future employers. 